Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that is just dying to hear some three stacks on the radio. Here is the captain. Well, my doctor did say on my last physical, I am dying. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are still sipping on some foreign raspberry blonde by the unique folks over at Odd 13 Brewing Company. That's in beautiful Lafayette, Colorado. This is a refreshing and lightly tart blonde ale made with hundreds of pounds of raspberries. Super delicious. ABV 6.3% garage grade three and three quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's give some praise and thanks to our friends that helped us fill up the fridge this week. First up, a big cheers to Chris who is in the Poconos. And a big We Like Your Jib goes out to Alicia Russ in West Cornwall, Connecticut. And last but certainly not least, we have Marion in Springfield, Virginia. Thanks, everybody, for going to truecrimegarage.com and clicking on the donate button and filling up the fridge for this week's beer run. Yeah, B-W-E-R-U-N, beer run. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do that. We're adding more true crime content. Must see true crime content so check that out subscribe at youtube at true crime garage and colonel that's enough of the business all right everybody gather around grab a chair grab a beer let's talk some true crime When the coroner's report on Natalie was issued, it had some very significant facts in it that altered the trajectory of the investigation. This is an actual excerpt from the coroner's report by Dr. Stephen Cena. Quote, pathologic diagnosis. One perforating gunshot wound to the head, entrance left temporal region with evidence of close range firing, stippling, Injury to scalp, skull, and brain exit above right ear. No projectile recovered. Wound path directed left to right, front to back, and downward. End quote. No time of death was given, but the report stated that rigor mortis was mild in all extremities. Natalie is believed to have died closer to the time that she was last seen alive and reported missing rather than closer to the time that she was found. So rigor mortis peaks at about 12 hours after death, and then it starts to subside. If Natalie had only mild rigor, then it had either not fully set in yet or had passed. So no time of death in the rigor or mild rigor mortis is quite an interesting angle to this investigation. It's interesting when you review the science of the investigation. Remember, you go back a couple weeks ago on True Crime Garage on the beautiful True Crime Garage radio dial to the Browns Chicken Massacre. Remember, the bodies were found in walk-in coolers and freezers. The temperature in this case was in the 30s at the time that she left her home around noonish. And then the temperature drops to the low 20s pretty quickly from there. And stays really cold until about noon the following day. From there, the temperature shoots up into the 60s. So as the science suggests, 
And as the coroner determined, either rigor was delayed due to this cold or it set in and had passed. So mild rigor, not peak rigor. It's most likely that peak rigor had passed by this time, putting her death closer to Thursday afternoon when she went missing. And as the captain stated, as we always state here in True Crime Garage, the timeline is so very important and knowing the time period and shrinking that window of when the murder took place is going to help us find the proper suspect. The report stated Natalie was shot in the left temple at very close range. A nine millimeter casing was found near her body. According to the coroner's report, Natalie also had a potentially lethal dose of heroin in her blood system and had a history of heroin use as evidenced by needle tracks on her lower left bicep, inner elbow, and right hand. This is a devastating scene, but like you said, there's no gun found and somebody haphazardly tried to cover up Natalie's body. According to what we found online, heroin is processed by the body relatively quickly. It appeared from the high levels of the drug in Natalie's system that the ingestion of this substance nearly coincided with her demise from the shooting. This too helps to tell experts that the time of death occurred in that afternoon window from the previous day. So now we have a better timeline and we have a better sense of what happened to Natalie. We have evidence that we should be looking at one suspect, but the family believes that law enforcement should also be looking into her boyfriend as well. Yeah, Natalie's family was suspicious, very suspicious of her boyfriend early on in this investigation. But the very good detectives working this case come out and say, no, absolutely not. He's not a suspect. He's completely innocent. He's cleared. And very sadly, he is just another victim in this creative young woman's murder. So he, he has to be put through the ringer. He is put through the ringer. And the detective says, when I said to Joseph, after we figured out and knew that it was not him, he's like, it just all came pouring out of this kid. This young man just lost his girlfriend, his love, the person that's probably the closest to him. He had been worried about her for weeks anyway, but then he's getting the stink eye from people thinking that maybe he had something to do with this. And the police were on to him very quickly, as we said, because they were concerned that, hey, yeah, you reported your girlfriend missing, but you failed to tell us about the, the gun. Not just failed, you purposely left out that information. That makes you look pretty bad from my angle. But we found the information that tells us, no, it's an impossibility that you are responsibility. you are responsible for this. You are cleared. We know you didn't do it, and we are sorry for your loss. Well, that would be so hard to have a loved one go missing and then found dead. And in this case, all signs point to the fact that Natalie was murdered. To know that you're going to become a suspect, that would be very difficult to deal with, especially if you know you're innocent. You're going to be thinking, hey, law enforcement, do your job and go after the right person. Or in this case, there was so much suspicious activity online coming from Sean, but you have to let law enforcement do their due diligence. And once they can clear you like they did, 
with Natalie's boyfriend in this case. Now they can move on to other suspects. And unfortunately, Captain, some of the people online weren't willing to let the detectives do their job and do their their work. I mean, these online sleuths, not all of them, but some of them were overwhelmingly and very vocally angry with the sheriff's office for not arresting, not charging, and again, more importantly, not protecting Natalie from Sean Schwartz. But here we go, Captain. Here we go. This is just another example that sometimes life stops on a dime. So on February 8th, remember the murder took place late December. For all of January, the detectives in the sheriff's office has the online sluice and the online community all over their backs for not arresting Sean Schwartz. On February 8th, it looked as though the police might have the answers to all of the questions that everybody was wanting to know here in this case, why they hadn't arrested Sean Schwartz. And that's because they publicly announced they did make an arrest in the case on February 8th, and they were charging someone with murder in the first degree, but it wasn't Joseph, the boyfriend. And to many people all over the country following this case, to their surprise, it was not Sean Schwartz. On February 8th, Adams County authorities announced the arrest of 22-year-old Joseph Michael Lopez on suspicion of first-degree murder. That means this guy, who no one online had heard of, no one in Natalie's family had heard of, and a first-degree charge indicated that police believed that this nutless loser intended to murder her and did so with premeditation. Yeah. And we've looked into so many cases and there's been people that have jumped out like, Oh, that is a suspect. And if you go down that rabbit hole, you get thousands of yeses. Oh, they did this. And that was strange. And they have to be the killer. And then you get one. No, they have a solid alibi or they're in another state or there's some reason there's no DNA of the individual. There's no fingerprints. So you might get a thousand yes, but all it takes is one no. And then you have to move on to another suspect. Everyone had been fixated on this Sean Schwartz as a prime suspect, but police had been going through Natalie's phone. This is what's going to lead them who ultimately is the suspect that they are going to arrest and charge. Well, how did this guy get on law enforcement's radar? How did they get to this guy? Well, they start going through Natalie's phone. And remember, we said we quoted the sheriff's department and the detectives in yesterday's episode when the case first broke, when they had they had a press conference explaining that we are investigating this young woman's murder. We are aware of this Sean Schwartz individual. We have spoke with him. We want to know who spoke with Natalie during that 26 hour time period. We don't have any activity on her phone. We don't have any activity of her in social media. We need somebody to tell us who she was talking to during that time. And we can't find evidence of that. This is, this is shameful. And, and I, and I'm glad that I do not know what phone carrier what service carrier she had for her cell phone because the delay in this investigation was police requested her phone records. The carrier comes back and says, you need a warrant. So they issue a warrant for the phone records, right? In the warrant, the language that was written in the warrant stated that they had 30 days 
to supply law enforcement with that information that they're requesting, or they could seek legal action against the phone service. Well, the phone service, God bless them, and I'm saying that as sarcastically as I can, took every bit of those 30 days to get the information back to the sheriff's office. So here's why I say shame on them. Look, I'm all for privacy and protecting the privacy of our citizens, your privacy and my privacy. The captain's privacy is paramount to our existence. But I definitely need my privacy. Here's the issue. The information that you guys are holding on to, lock and key, that you are denying and delaying giving to law enforcement could take a very violent killer, a very dangerous individual who could kill and assault again off of the streets. You could save a life by getting us this information. Instead, they see, oh, we got 30 days to do it. It probably, how long do you think it would physically take them to acquire that information and send it to the sheriff's office? Well, faster than a flicky flicky. It it, it doesn't take physically take 30 days to achieve that. And so I say shame on them for not giving this information to the police first because, or sooner, because this is what led directly to this individual. It was, it was that hang up in the investigation that, that was, uh, this, the major speed bump here in finding the person responsible for her murder. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't have a problem with them needing a warrant, but once you get that warrant, it's like, come on, this, this should take less than 24 hours. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm with you, Captain. They should have to have a warrant because we need to protect the privacy of our citizens. But privacy. once you got that request, get that information. Think about your own children. Think about your own family. and You could be helping them all at the same time, getting a horrible person off of the streets. So we have everybody that's fixated on the Schwartz guy. Police are doing their digging once they finally get the police, the phone records back from the carrier. And they're seeing a lot. I mean, a ton of communications between Natalie, our victim, this guy who nobody knows it's 111 text, 111 text messages between this Lopez guy and Natalie all on the day that she went missing. The texts were all from the very day that Natalie died. Right. And Lopez had never texted her before that date and never texted her after that date. So he looks very suspicious. On February 8th, the police, they go to his work. He works at a Domino's Pizza. Not texting or calling after her death is a very Don move. I don't say this sarcastically. God bless them. Doing research on this case, I ended up ordering a wonderful Domino's Pizza. You're a fucking weirdo. Hashtag not a sponsor. Weirdo. They go and they ask him to come in for an interview at the sheriff's office. And Sheriff McIntosh said that when investigators initially contacted Lopez, he makes a comment to them. So they say, hey, we'd like to talk to you. They don't tell them what it's about. They say, hey, we'd like to talk to you. Could you come to the sheriff's office and speak with us, do an interview? Right. And he makes a comment to them. He says, this has to do with that girl I talked to on Craigslist. Well, the detectives are sitting there going, what do you mean Craigslist? They don't say that to him. Right. Craigslist never appeared anywhere in their investigation until this Lopez guy says it to them. He agrees to go in and do the interview. After his interview, Lopez was arrested for the murder of Natalie Bollinger. He was appointed a public defender and held without bond. Joseph Lopez had no criminal history 
leading up to this point. Now, at a press conference, this is announcing the arrest. Sheriff McIntosh said, quote, at this point, to my knowledge, we don't have any more persons of interest in this case. He goes on to say, we believe that from what we currently see, that we had the lone suspect in this case and that Sean was not involved, end quote. Yeah, I think they had to make that statement because of the amount of harassment he was getting online. And look, and, and I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it. I mean, when you're posting ridiculous comments, threatening comments, when you're posting strange things, when, when somebody has to get a restraining order against you because they feel uncomfortable there's reasons why he looked like a good suspect, but good for law enforcement to say, look, this is our guy. Lopez is our guy. And there's no other suspects reminded them. They, they cleared the boyfriend. They cleared Sean. Right. And here's the situation. We need to now as detectives figure out what these 100 plus texts are about. We also need to figure out what we think went down and how it went down. It actually went down because we're going to be sitting across from this guy in an interview and he, while he willingly came to the sheriff's office to be interviewed, he may shut down or he may try to manipulate our investigation or the interview itself. So they have to come in there with a game plan. They, they could tell from the text that a couple things had happened. So this, and, and we'll, I'll give you the detailed statement as Lopez gave it. Now, keep in mind, this is, I'm going to give a summarized version this was a very lengthy interview, and of course, he wasn't honest throughout most of this interview. So Lopez tells the police that Natalie hired him to shoot her, and according to him, he says this is how everything went down. He says that he responded to a Craigslist ad in the Women Seeking Men section titled, I Want to Put a Hit on Myself. So Lopez, he sees this on Craigslist, I Want to Put a Hit on Myself, he texts the woman who placed the ad, which we later learn is Natalie. She tells him they introduce themselves. She's Natalie. He's Lopez, Joseph Lopez. They had never met before December 28th. He admits that to police. He says that they messaged back and forth multiple times. And Natalie's telling him that she wanted to be shot from behind and that she could supply the gun. Lopez tells police that Natalie, quote, wanted to get on her knees and be executed from behind because she did not want to see the gun, end quote. They made a plan for Joseph Lopez to pick Natalie up in his car, in his vehicle. He drove to her apartment in Broomfield, picks her up as planned, and they drive around for a while. He says they're driving around for a while because he's trying to change her mind. But he tells police she was determined to die. She said she was having issues with her boyfriend and it had all become just too much. She wanted her life to be over. So they discussed how he would be paid. Remember, this is supposed to be a hit. He says that Natalie could not settle on a spot that she liked or could not find a place that she liked or she was wavering in her decision to to end her life. So Joseph Lopez says, yeah, I exchanged the text with her. Yeah, I picked her up. Yeah, we had this arrangement through Craigslist. Right. But I ended up taking her home. I tried to talk her out of it. I ended up taking her home. I dropped her off at her home. And when I did, she was alive. She was fine. Of course, this story was ridiculous because 
We know Natalie never returned home after she was reported missing, and police did not buy his story, not for one second. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless. 
with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. And customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for telling a friend. Cheers to you all and cheers to you, Colonel. Cheers to everybody out there. And just like we took a little break in the garage here, police take a little break from the interview. The detectives step out the room for a minute and they come up with this plan because they're saying, look, we got all this data from from his phone records. We got data from her phone records. We, we can see these text exchange. We know that this guy is trying to feed us some bullshit. Well, wait, it smells like horse shit. Guess what? Store's closed. We ain't buying it. So they go back in and they confront Lopez with all of the data from the phones. They're saying, hey, not only do we have these texts exchanged, right. but we can see that your phone on the 28th, on the day that she was killed, it traveled from Natalie's apartment or home to the area where Natalie's body was eventually found. And that's when Lopez says, okay, you got me. I was there. I was there, but she shot herself in the head. The cops say, nope, we have the science, the trajectory of the bullet. And that's why we went through that portion of the autopsy clearly indicates right it'd be impossible for her to do it herself exactly she could not have physically no human being could have physically done that to themselves Mm -hmm. so he then he's going to slowly you see as he progresses he puts up 
and tries to explain things away, making him sound innocent. And police keep shooting everything down and pointing out, no, you're wrong. This is not right. This couldn't have happened this way. No matter what you say, we have the evidence to back it up. He's progressing a little bit right before he wasn't there when she was now. Now he's there when she was killed, but she killed herself. Police say, no, that didn't happen. He, he inches in and he says, okay, she convinced me to do it. I, I did the deed. She convinced me to do it. He says that he stopped the car at the spot that they found her on Riverdale road. And this next part is from CBS news where he says, uh, she knelt down on the ground and he knelt down along her left side and slightly in front of her. This, according to court records, he said, they said a prayer. He got up and closed his eyes and he fired the fatal shot. Lopez used the gun. Natalie had given him to shoot her in the head. Then he took the gun and her purse and he leaves the scene. Bizarrely enough, he, he ends up going into work to Domino's to work his shift afterward. He ends up leaving at some point, leaving his shift early that night. In his interview, he told police that the gun he used to shoot Natalie, which which she brought with her, was still in the trunk of his car, right? So he's at the sheriff's office. His car's parked in the parking lot because he willingly went to the interview with them. And he says, yeah, the gun that I shot her with is in the trunk of my car. And they go out and they check his car. Boom. The gun's right there in his trunk. Her purse is right there. He, he hid these items under the spare tire in the trunk, but they recovered them. He tells them where they can find them. So now police had to look into this question about Lopez telling the truth, right? Uh, the, the Craigslist ad cited by Lopez had mysteriously vanished, of course, by of course. this point. Yeah. Police, though, had the benefit of having Natalie's phone information so they could see the content of the text and whether it was true that she hired him to murder her. The investigators did state publicly that it was confusing because while some of Natalie's confidants said she had suicidal ideations, others said she was happy and had overcome her demons. So they're trying to sort through and figure out what portions of Joseph Lopez's story is truthful and what portions of his story are a flat out lie. Can you imagine being law enforcement during the initial ter- interrogation? You know he's feeding you a line of shit, but he is feeding you something. And so you you have to have this mindset of well, I I need to dismiss some of these things, but but let him know, hey, it's okay for you to eventually tell us the truth. I mean, that'd be a very difficult situation to navigate if you're law enforcement. Because I think I'd be so angry with him that I just want to rip his damn face off. Yeah, Sheriff McIntosh said at the press conference that Lopez and Natalie had a brief social media type relationship. The arrest warrant affidavit makes clear that their relationship was not sexual in nature and indeed they had never met prior to December 28th. So a little bit more on those text messages here, Captain. So the information that the detectives obtained finally that there were 111 text messages to and from an unknown number from Natalie's phone to and from an unknown number. And we later learned that that is Joseph Lopez's number. This starting at 1058 AM on that very sad day, there was another flurry of messages around 1220 PM. 
remember we have her boyfriend that later reports her as missing. So there were people, the boyfriend and her family and friends were in contact with Natalie that day. And again, peaks and valleys, I think I got the impression anyway, that a couple of them were kind of purposely checking in on her and keeping an eye on her, even if it was from a distance, but thankfully they were because we're able to narrow down the time that is of the most importance in this investigation, that time when she went missing, that time when she's communicating with this Joseph Lopez and he ends up picking her up. And then we track his phone from her apartment to where she is later found. It's all stacking up very nicely against this Joseph Lopez, who investigators then discovered through Domino's time cards that Lopez called out. He called off sick on the, 28th he went in for a little bit but he left for a little bit uh, a little bit into his shift he calls off on the 29th and then on the 30th he says that he's still ill and he returns to work on the 31st yeah he just caught the i just murdered somebody flew the gps data from lopez's phone showed that he traveled from Natalie's apartment building on the 28th between 12.04 and 12.30 p.m. The phone then drove to the location where Natalie was found on Riverdale Road. We don't know because of we're going off of information that's been released in this case. We don't know. We can't state 100% here if they if they drove directly from her apartment to this location or if, or if they, they did, around. in fact, drive around for a right. while. Once he, he and his phone are at that location, he's only there for a total of eight minutes. Yeah, Lopez is going to be formally charged with first-degree murder on February 14th. If he were convicted of that charge under Colorado law, he could be sentenced to a minimum sentence of life in prison or a maximum of death. But it was all over by the end of 2018 because Lopez decided to enter into a plea deal with prosecutors whereby he pled guilty to second degree murder. So the maximum penalty for this charge is only 48 years. The judge, Roberto Ramirez, sentenced the then 23-year-old Joseph Lopez to the maximum sentence 48 years in prison. This sentence of Lopez definitely upset her family. But I think one of the things that you have to consider when you're law enforcement is if you get him to plead guilty and get 48 years sentence, then there's a lot of information about Natalie that might not have to come out in court. Yeah. Natalie's family was not happy. In fact, in the sentencing hearing, Ted Bollinger ripped into Lopez addressing him directly saying, you took advantage of my daughter. She was vulnerable and drugged. You premeditated brutally shot and killed my baby. I asked for an eye for an eye. You have been protected. The Bollinger family had the Bollinger family had no say in this. This is a deal with the devil. It's it's difficult here for prosecutors, and I'm not trying to defend prosecutors here in the situation. I'm not trying to go against the grain with the Bollinger family. I've reviewed hundreds of these types of cases, and every time I always say the most appropriate sentence is whatever the victim's family wants, and I will always stand that way by that, and I will always feel that way. However, in this case, you can see some of the hurdles 
that we might have here with the actual trial and trying to try this guy for first degree murder in front of a jury. There is evidence of this young woman asking him to pick her up. There is evidence of her saying that she can provide a gun and you don't want to get too far into the weeds at that trial and somebody on the jury going, well, this just looks like assisted suicide. This is right. This guy's being way overcharged, but here, here's the, here's the thing at the end of the day, the detectives know what happened here. The prosecutor knows what happened here. The family knows what happened here. It's heartbreaking. There's no, there's no perfect sentence for Joseph Lopez. There's no perfect sentence for any murderer out there that satisfies everyone. And here, the complications or what could have been complications with the trial, this guy could have ended up getting a lot less time in prison. And I'm telling you, this guy is much more dangerous than he looks on the surface. Definitely. And police know that. They said, look, this guy... This guy, we reviewed his past. We went through his old journals. We went, this guy was obsessed with the thought of killing somebody. And when he saw that Craigslist ad that was posted that morning, he saw an opportunity. He, he saw an opportunity to do something that he had always thought about doing. And then this scumbag goes to her apartment, picks her up where any other normal person with a heart, with a beating heart and real emotions would have helped this young lady would have tried to find help for this young lady Well, yeah, would have tried to talk her out of it. He's driving around trying to talk her into well, it. death penalty trials are a lot harder for prosecution. It could be longer for the family. So that I see that there's pros and cons either way. And police, as said, the detectives, they very quickly learned that there's this pretty straightforward, normal looking dude that everyone else saw in Lopez, right. but they knew that this guy had another completely other side to him an alter ego. If you will, he had all these crazy characters online that he created that uh, many of them were obsessed with murder or they were, they were characters that he labeled as psychos and he seemed to celebrate them being psychos. Right. And so it was through these journals and it was through going through his computer and his information that police found, look, this guy was harboring this dark secret, these dark fantasies. And he took advantage of this young woman when she was at her lowest and needed some help. He swooped in and took advantage of the situation. Now, the other thing too, and I don't want to throw too much blame around and too much shame around, right? But situations, unfortunately, there's other situations. This is not the first time, nor will it be the last time that somebody posts a suicidal ad or a suicide type ad on Craigslist or some other outlet. There is one situation where a woman did just that thing. However, people helped her. They, they helped to get her help. Right. One thing that I didn't like when reviewing this was the detectives stated that, that after getting this information from Lopez, they were now able to go to Craigslist and figure out what had happened and confirm that part of his story. There was like a four minute death window there, captain. That's you, 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 you review these cases and they're heartbreaking. 
but there's these little pieces, these little tiny nuggets of information in these cases that are even more heartbreaking. It was a four minute death window. She posted that ad. He responds to it two minutes later, two minutes after he responds to it, it's flagged and removed from Craigslist. A lot of people looking into this case wonder if that post is real. And, and obviously it was, but you'd think with these algorithms and everything, they'd be able to flag these even faster. Right. Not just flag them faster, but you wonder, well, I don't wonder. I, my reaction to that is, isn't there something more they can do than just remove the ad? Right. There's, I mean, a welfare check on somebody. Again, I don't, I don't know how that would all go into place. It's not my job to sort through the logistics of that, but it just seems to me like there could be something more that would be done than just removing the ad. And again, it's not the first time that this kind of ad was placed. Won't be the last time. There's also homicidal ads that appear on occasion. Let's do more than just remove the ad. Well, and just to be clear, like you said, it's not your job or your responsibility. It is called Craig's List. Craig is responsible. But again, you hear us describe the situation. You hear us go through everything, the lies that Lopez tries to tell the detectives, the detectives sorting through those lies and extracting the truth and the little truths along the way to put together this complete narrative of what they believed happened and ultimately charge him with first degree murder. They're saying first degree was the right charge. Initially, the prosecutor agreeing before the plea deal. And this is because think about how this whole thing plays out when he got in his car that day, that morning and drove, he's making an effort to be involved in this and, and murder this young woman. He thought this through. He didn't just show up to where she was found and find himself in a situation with a gun in his hand. No, he had time to think through this, to to either keep putting himself in this situation or to get his ass out of that situation. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't get out of the situation. He got in his car. He drove to her apartment. He picked her up. He didn't try to talk her out of, of this at all. He didn't try to help her. He didn't try to get her help. Instead, he drives her to the spot where she's later found and he pulls the trigger. And again, shame on the phone company. You should have got that information to the detectives much sooner, right? If if we were able to walk into that building and say to Mr. or Mrs. Director of Personnel or Mr. or Mrs. President of this company or, or whomever they put us in contact with, If we knew then and there that day that this is how this went down, this dangerous man went and picked up this young woman and then killed her. And if you give us her phone records, it could help us catch this dangerous man. But they don't know that at the time. They don't know that her phone records are going to yield anything. So I say to those out there, when law enforcement comes to you for help and they have the paperwork and the warrant that's signed by a judge to get information from you that will help their investigation and help to keep our citizens and our streets safe. Please don't delay. Give them that information. This guy, if, if he had done this participate, you know, we know he did this. We know he participated in this. We know that it was premeditated by the definition of premeditation. He thought this through and continued to push the situation forward. 
who's to say that he wouldn't have just started killing people the next day? Right. Who's to say what this guy would have done? What we do know is when he leaves that crime scene that day, leaves Natalie there that day, guess what he has now in his possession? A gun. A firearm. He has the ability to do what he's been thinking about doing for all these years. All that sick stuff that that they found in his journals, talking about torturing people, killing women. He's got a firearm now. He's got a gun now. And it ain't in his name. He's got a gun that they very likely cannot trace back to him if they don't find it on his person. This guy is incredibly dangerous, and you guys drug your feet helping the cops get him off the street. Well, and this is why mental health needs to be more of a commonplace because it seemed on some level, you know, Natalie was talking about some of her struggles with some people, but there's... But it's almost like she got to the point where the only answer, the only solution to her struggles was to end her life. And I think if we make mental health definitely something that's more commonplace, not only can we talk about the struggles, but we can also talk about like overcoming these struggles. And that some, not every person that has dealt with drug addiction or dealt with depression has it ended in suicide a lot of people have success stories and we need to be able to share those more so people know that there is there's other solutions and the bollinger family is exactly right a heavier sentence greater consequence for joseph lopez certainly warranted and would be ideal However, I can understand the issues, the problems with going to the trial. It's a second degree murder charge. Maximum penalty is 48 years in prison. Thankfully, the judge gives him the max of 48 years in prison. And I'm hoping that that 48 sticks because keep in mind, Joseph Lopez was only 22 years old when he was charged with Natalie's murder. That will make him about 70 years old when, when he's able to get out of prison. And I hope they keep him there every minute of that maximum sentence. It's all around a sad case. It's all around a sad story. The one bright spot is, thankfully, at the end of the day, they got the right guy for this murder. You could be anywhere, but you're here with us in the garage, and we want to thank you. Thank you so much for the support onwards and upwards. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for the beautiful listeners? We do, and this is a very inspirational story. We're recommending a book called Hope, a memoir of survival in Cleveland, and it's by Amanda Berry and Gina DeJesus, who spent years in captivity after they were both abducted and held captive and they survived. This is a true crime book in every sense. So if you want to hear about an abduction case, if you want to read about their case, check this out, but also check it out because it is an inspirational story as well. It's a story of survival and these strong, wonderful young women. Check out Hope, a memoir of survival in Cleveland by Amanda Berry and Gina DeJesus. You can find that great title and many more 
on our recommended page at truecrimegarage.com. And while you're there, check out the new Douche Canoe hoodies and Douche Canoe t-shirts. Don't be a Douche Canoe. Pick one up today. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Don't litter.